0: Hello and welcome to the podcast for the October issue of The Lancet Neurology. Richard Lane here and this month I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague Heather Brown from TLN. Welcome Heather. Hi Richard. Now the feature this month concerns a review about myotonic dystrophy. More on that in a moment. But Heather you're going to signpost some of the other content highlights from the issue for us. Also in the issue we have three original research papers. We have the Guide Age Study which is a randomised trial of ginkgo biloba extract versus placebo in people over 70 years old who had memory complaints, looking at whether there was an effect on incidence of Alzheimer's disease. We have DIFFUSE2, which is a cohort study looking at whether diffusion-perfusion mismatch on MRI can be used to predict response to reperfusion after endovascular treatment for ischemic stroke. And we have a case control study on the imaging correlates of three recently identified subtypes of Alzheimer's disease. And what about the reviews in the issue, Heather? In the review section, as well as the review on myotonic dystrophies, we have reviews on HIV infection and stroke, on reversible cerebral vasoconstriction syndrome, and on klein levin syndrome. Thanks, Heather. And as mentioned earlier, now let's focus on the feature for this month. This concerns a review on myotonic dystrophy. Professor Bjarne Udd, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet Neurology. Firstly, can you define exactly what myotonic dystrophy is.
1: From a clinical point of view, if you look at the patients, the main fascinating issue and also problematic is that there is a huge variation. We have two distinct uh, types, type 1 and type 2. They are different um, between themselves, but in uh, especially in type 1, we can have congenital onset, we can have childhood onset, we can have adult onset, and we can have late uh onset with uh, minor symptoms, so very extreme
0: variations. And you just touched there on, on the t- two variants, type 1 and type 2. Can you comment a bit more detail about how they differ, both in terms of molecular genetics and in terms of uh, clinical features?
1: Type 1 was identified clinically already 100 years ago based on, on uh, features in the adult onset uh, type. Type 2 was not identified at all until just less than 20 years ago, after we had the uh, uh, genetic, molecular genetics to go for, and uh, some of the patients with uh, similar clinical phenotypes uh, proved not to have the type 1 mutation. That already tells us something about um, uh, both uh, similarities and, and, and differences. So uh, type 2 was not identified per se based on what patients look like and what uh, symptoms and problems they have sort of uh, through the back door, uh, through the genetics. Later on now, we see uh, that uh, in especially in type 2 field, there are also very many with mild conditions, which makes it very difficult for, for the clinician to even think of myotonic dystrophy type 2 being behind the symptoms and problems of the patients, because you may have Very late onset uh, muscle weakness, like uh, going up the chairs is a bit difficult after age 75. Well, who cares? That's considered more or less normal for the age. Type 2 diabetes at that age, cataracts at that age maybe general practitioner or even the neuromuscular neurologist is not very much considered, concerned about the um, possibility of uh, type 2 myotonic dystrophy.
0: Why are cataracts so common in terms of the characteristics of this disease? Both
1: disorders are multi-organ disorders. They are not restricted to muscle. We have heart conduction defects, we have the cataracts, we have liver enzymes uh, elevated Uh, We have a large number of different gastrointestinal uh, problems and symptoms. So uh, uh, the mutations underlying these disorders are affecting many organs outside the muscle. The lens in the eye causing the catharact is one of these other organ manifestations.
0: Thank you for that. You say in your review that quite often there is a considerable delay between the onset of symptoms concerning both type 1 and type 2 disease and and the correct diagnosis. What do you think could be done to improve diagnosis for both types of the disorder?
1: Increasing the awareness of uh, the variability because the most typical patient having uh, adult onset DM1 will be recognized. But there is one other issue. Patients are uh, themselves not often or uh, uh, more often not so worried about their symptoms even if uh, they have uh fairly advanced symptoms and that makes of course uh, also I- its own delay because uh, um, uh, the the doctors are not urged to find uh, the cause of the of the symptoms uh, by the patients uh, in the same way as with other conditions and that is part of of, of the brain issue which also is is um, uh, one leg of, of of the disease spectrum in in especially uh, type 1 Uh, myotonic dystrophy so uh, we have to improve the awareness among doctors to just keep thinking about this disease as a possibility once you think of it then there is uh, uh, a very direct uh, ways to to just uh, um, buy a molecular genetic DNA test uh, to see if that uh, could be the case or not.
0: Can you comment now about the complications associated with this disorder and how they are managed?
1: The very main issue in adult onset type 1 and also earlier onset type 1 myotonic dystrophy are the heart complications, can lead to early cardiac death because of arrhythmia. And that can be treated so um, uh, this is uh, one of the issues that have been during the very last uh, four or five years taken on the desk uh, and uh, in order to to increase the air awareness also again among um, uh, doctors who treat these patients to go for preventive uh, measures. We have other complications. I indicated many organs are involved. The cataracts can be easily operated on, so that can be removed. That's straightforward, cataract removal, yeah. Then we have uh, in myotonic dystrophy type 1, we have uh, daytime sleepiness, for example, in the adult patients, which are very difficult to uh, have a hand on. Uh, The same thing is not uh, the case for myotonic dystrophy type 2. They do not have the daytime sleepiness, but they can have very prominent muscle pain, which is also uh, not that well reacting to conventional pain treatments. And in fact, the muscle pain in uh, uh, type 2 myotonic dystrophy um, has sort of not being previously well observed. It mixes up with conditions like fibromyalgia and again causes difficulties in getting the correct diagnosis. If the patient is not having a major muscle atrophy, and no major findings on early investigations and just the pain, they easily get the fibromyalgia diagnosis.
0: Some aspects of of the disease can be treated, but overall there isn't an accepted general treatment for the myotonic dystrophies. Do you see... Any promise for experimental approaches for the future treatment of these disorders that can translate from the lab into clinical practice?
1: Well, very much so indeed. There was a recent paper in Nature just a few weeks ago on advances, mainly on type 1 myotonic dystrophy. But since the underlying gene mutation is uh, uh, very similar in type 2 myotonic dystrophy, even if the consequences are uh, then again different also on the molecular level i would say there is definite place for for uh, good hope the paper in in uh, nature uh, described how using antisense uh, oligonucleotides uh, injected in animal models were able to degrade specifically the mutational change and thus remove the sort of primary cause of the disease. That of course is a long way until we have something for the patients but uh, I would say the, uh, the, 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 the door is uh, at least a bit open.
0: How would you like to see the current clinical practice improved for patients who have myotonic dystrophies?
1: I would uh, say that the uh, main interest is to have regular checkups at centers that know what this uh, disease is about. To just have checks uh, uh, made on request from the patient is not good enough in in myotonic dystrophy. If uh, there's regular uh, uh, surveillance and regular checkups at centers that know what the disease is about, then uh, they are also prepared to do uh, whatever is needed and can be done for the patients.
0: How would you just very briefly summarize the priorities for future research in this field?
1: Definitely the ongoing studies on how to get rid of the primary mutation that uh, is uh, starting the disease process is worth any effort. I would also like to see more research on epidemiology. So we don't have the full understanding of the disease spectrum, especially in myotonic dystrophy type 2 yet, because uh, I expect so many patients being mixed up uh, in, uh, at later ages with all uh, sorts of other age-related disorders. So uh, there is a lack of understanding also on that
0: side. Well, that's a fascinating area. Professor Biana Ud. many thanks indeed for talking to the Lancet Neurology. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening to this month's podcast and thank you Heather for your highlights earlier on. Thank you Richard. See you next month.